0: Hello and welcome to Girls That Invest, the platform that empowers millennials through financial literacy. You're joined today by your hosts Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are extremely passionate about all things investing and personal finance. Hi Sim, how are we today? Hey Sonia, I am good.
1: I want to know how, because in all honesty, I feel like we genuinely just catch up through this podcast. How was your first week at your new role in your
0: promotion that you've just had it's been really good I am learning heaps to give people a little bit of context I am in a leadership role and yeah it's been interesting getting to know everyone and just navigating everything I feel like I knew the team before so it wasn't too hard to integrate into but it's just kind of learning all the admin stuff like entering sick leave and putting through annual things like that but overall super good super busy super happy
1: oh that that makes me so happy have you had any like level of like imposter syndrome or like am I really meant to be here or are you
0: like really allowing yourself to like take on the role for what it is that's a good question I'm going to be honest, I've kind of just been getting through the days. I haven't had time to reflect on what I've done this week. (laughs) Maybe I'll do that tomorrow, but I've just kind of been doing what I need to do, learning what I needed to learn, and kind of just going through the motions. I've been so exhausted at the end of each day that I've literally just dropped dead, essentially. (laughs) After every day, but it's a good kind of exhaustion. If that makes That's sense. Amazing.
1: Um, well, we're all very happy for you here at Girls That Invest, and
0: keep us in the loop. Girls That Invest, the two of us. You mean, Lit- literally, just the two of us. Uh, we're literally just two of us here at Girls That Invest.
1: Fifty percent of the company says that that will be. It. <laughs> So today we're getting into something really interesting. We have an amazing amount of data from the Apex quarterly report. So for 2021, they have got data from millions of investors, millions of millennials, and they've been able to aggregate this to sort of show us what the average or the typical millennial investing portfolio would look like. Like imagine being able to peek into the lives of what so many of us are investing in. And I guess being able to compare it to yourself, seeing how you go, like I feel like it's quite like a part of human nature to almost want to make sure you're doing something similar or, or on the right track to others. So in saying that, to start off, before we get into what the average investing portfolio would look like, there are a few main trends that they saw off the bat some of these will not be too surprising. Sonia, do
0: you want to start off with number one? Right. Um, so one of the main trends is that there's been a lot of interest in meme stocks. So for example, GameStop and AMC, both widely reported in the media and on the internet. And my gosh, January seems like a year ago. But do you remember that time when GameStop literally broke the internet no matter what social media platform you jumped on someone or something was talking about it there was no escape so that doesn't really surprise me
1: another big trend that the report found in millennial investing habits compared to say other um, groups of people is that we also had a lot more interest in penny stocks so A penny stock is basically a stock that is less than $5 a share or a piece. And it was quite surprising because I'm not a huge fan of penny stocks. I don't think you are either. I guess maybe the reason why it was a lot more popular with us compared to other generations was the fact that a lot of us have perhaps more riskier investing habits in the sense that because we are so young and for a lot of us, sort of our first or early years in investing... We don't really mind, you know, dropping $100 or $50 into something that if we lose it, it's not the end of the world because we don't, you know, usually have a mortgage and kids. So I think that's maybe the reason why. But that one did surprise me. Um, and then another or the final main trend that was, again, different to different generations is that Gen Zs and millennials were less likely to hold on to airline stocks with COVID happening. But boomers, they held on. They were loyal. So without further ado, we're going to look into what the average investing portfolio would have been. And to make it simple, the data showed the top 100 stocks held by millennials, but we're going to keep this simple and do the top 10, and we're going to keep it in percentages. So Sonia, did you want to start us off with the number one stock that
0: millennials are holding in their investment portfolio? Yes drum roll please solid effort thank you sim so the number one (laughs) stock millennials are holding is none other than tesla and it does not surprise anyone any of us really yeah (laughs) so if a millennial had a hundred dollars in the stock market 17.8 percent of that would be tesla now this is the average millennial of course and for those of you who Don't know what Tesla is. I am going to throw it out there because, you know, those people still exist. It's essentially just an American electric vehicle and clean energy company and founded by none other than Elon Musk, who you might have seen on a ton of meme pages. Look, this doesn't surprise me at all. I feel like before I said it, heaps of people would have just thought Tesla, right? Mm
1: -hmm. My money would have been on Tesla. Do you think the reason why it's number one is because of the company itself? Or do you think it's just a meme stock that has taken off?
0: Like, Obviously, they're not the first electric vehicle, and it's not like they pioneered the idea of becoming an electric vehicle, but it's the man behind the brand and the way that they communicate their why and marketing that I feel like people are so tethered to it compared to like Kia, for example, like Kia, the car in New Zealand, over time, because it it's not like Tesla was founded last year. It, it has been around since like two thousand and three, and like Elon Musk just became the CEO, I think in like two thousand and eight. I think it slowly transitioned into a meme stock because of
1: him. People call him, what's his name, like the Tony Stark of our generation, like the real Tony Stark from Iron Man, and I kind of see it. Thank you for clarifying, honey. Look, I'm not a Marvel or whatever listener, watcher, so there's some people that don't know who he is. I learned this year.
0: That's terrible. Is it? Yeah, that's... We're moving forwards. We're moving on. I, I'll talk to you about this later. But yeah, so I think it, the company itself, the why behind it is quite powerful. You see a Tesla on the floor, you see it on the floor, <laughs> on the road, or you see it drive past, you know, you feel some type of way. Like everyone wants Teslas nowadays. The best of the worlds.
1: So what was the second largest stock in a millennials portfolio?
0: So um, the second stock in an average millennials investing portfolio, 9.1% of their um, investments would be Apple, which again, doesn't really surprise me. Apple, it was actually my first stock that I bought. And again, I think it's just because they're not the first brand to have come up with smartphones but they really communicated their why and the marketing behind it and Steve Jobs was just a major you know public figure as well so I mean are you surprised by Apple?
1: Not really but it's interesting that the top two both involve CEOs that are public figures that have almost like a cult-like following to them and I wonder if because they are well-recognized brands well-recognized company owners there's sort of this idea that you can almost imagine them running a company well, which would subconsciously give you more confidence, or consciously, it, it might be a conscious decision that some people make. But I think, I feel like as millennials, we really have grown up with Apple products our whole lives from, what was it, like the Shuffle? Do you remember that?
0: The iPod Touch, and then the Shuffle, and then the iPhones, but even like their computers like there were different colors and yeah does it surprise you no absolutely not i'm an apple gal through and through we both are it's embarrassing but, but we really it's are. embarrassing but hey they're pretty okay their products are pretty <laughs> and i like them case and point <laughs> next one the third one coming strong at 5.3 percent would be amazon Actually, you know what, I was going to say that this doesn't surprise me, but it kind of, it kind of does, because I feel like millennials and Gen Z, we're very socially conscious, so when things come out in the news, or you're seeing threads on Twitter about particular things, you naturally do more research, and I think all of the slack, all of the slack, all of the flack, sorry, that Jeff Bezos has gotten over the past few years, I'm still surprised that Amazon holds quite a large portion of.
1: So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple, increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win. To learn more about how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. Are you saying that because we kind of come across as a lot more socially conscious for Amazon to make up 5.3% of the average millennial's portfolio like that's pretty up there or pretty high given that we usually come across as a little bit more like oh I wouldn't invest in that
0: yeah that's exactly what I'm saying I think at the same time just to be super frustrating it doesn't surprise me Because I feel like a lot of TikTok trends and a lot of like YouTube video trends, they're like, oh, these must haves from Amazon. So the marketing and I guess like the appeal is so there in terms of convenience, prices, products.
1: I agree on a social level, like definitely has a lot of bad PR in terms of the way that they treat their staff, but also just in general, like I would not want to be there and I wouldn't want to say I support it. But then do you think it just goes to show that while we might socially have certain values and views when it comes to profit we might be a little bit more
0: lenient yep and i think this is a perfect example of that moving forwards the fourth would be good old neo so those of you who don't know neo is also an electric vehicle company they're based in china and they're often seen as like a direct competitor to tesla naturally because they're in the same in the same industry and and they offer the same products really doesn't surprise me like tesla didn't surprise me how about yourself i think neo it's interesting because they're both
1: like the two i wouldn't say the two largest but the two most like well spoken about like luxury electric vehicle companies for them to be in the top five portions of an investment portfolio, of a millennial like I do, kind of find that surprising because you're not exactly being, you're not exactly diversifying if you're
0: if you've got them both in your top five, you know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I also think it's a little bit interesting because Neo, in terms of it being a meme stock. Like, I can see why people think it is that. There's a lot of banter back and forth with, like, Test Stone Neo. But in no way is that because of the CEO of Neo or the finder of Neo, you know? Do we even know his name? Couldn't tell you anything about him. I don't know if he has any social media, which, again, doesn't surprise me. But that is... Let me just have a look. The founder of Neo is William Lee he's based in shanghai china
1: I'll, I'll be honest like i'm not a huge fan of neo i feel like neo took off because tesla took off and then it was kind of like it's like the, the neo tesla example is how i kind of see bitcoin versus dog coin. like bitcoin took off so everyone was kind of like what's the next big thing and then tesla took off and i think people kind of just made neo the next big thing in that regard but Would you say it's the second largest or the second best investing,
0: like the best company to invest in for electric vehicles? I don't know. I have no idea. I think it's just the second most popular, but that doesn't mean it's like the best thing to invest in. So the fifth one, so in an average millennial's investing portfolio, 2.3% would be GameStop. Now, GameStop... For those of you who don't know, GameStock is an American video game. They sell consumer electronics and also gaming merchandise as well. Major, major story back in January when the stock just honestly shot up because of a Reddit threat. That was a great time to be alive on the internet. Doesn't surprise me as much. I know I said it was kind of surprising, but... If we reflect on how much media attention it's got because of the company's stock price skyrocketing and that whole spiel, it doesn't surprise me. I don't personally hold anything in GameStop, though. Do you?
1: I did at the time. I think since, like, it's also important to note that this report, because it still is 2021, this was the first quarter report, so this was back near the start of the year, and so I think, Back then, I would completely understand why GameStop would be, you know, a a good portion of someone's investing portfolio. I do doubt that that would still be the case if this report was to come out today or or later in the year. But I think most, and again, just speculation, but I would imagine that most people probably have cashed in their gains or or accepted their losses at this point because there's really not a lot of fundamentals behind it to continue holding on to it there's a little bit like of speculation of like the new ceo's coming through the new management and gamestop becoming a lot more modernized and more useful but it's not something i picked investing in i kind of just took it for what it was and i've moved on
0: i agree i think you have to remember that the reason gamestop was declining was because of the shift into like online games and online shopping. And it's hard to see unless the company plan with the new leadership, if it pivots dramatically, like what it would do to the stock. Moving forwards into your stock, Simran. So the sixth largest portion of
1: a millennials investing portfolio. This one's a little bit surprising. It's not something that is I would say, as well-known as the ones that you've just named. I feel like everyone's heard of Tesla, Apple, Amazon. But its it's been around for a while, and if you've been following investing news and the investing world, you really do see it sort of sprinkled around in articles and stuff. And just for those that don't know, it's basically, it was a startup in um, Silicon Valley, and it's a company that specializes in organizing data and doing essentially big data analytics. And for people that don't know what that means, it means collecting data and using it to get information. So initially it worked with the CIA. It was using data to work out things like human trafficking rings. It was finding exploited children and unraveling financial crime. It was not for the public. It was just used with the CIA and government agencies. But recently, it has come out of hiding and it's being used a lot more with public companies. So BP uses it, Ferrari uses it, Airbus uses it. And given that everything is becoming super digital and well-connected and we're gathering a lot of data, these big, big companies that we've got around the world, they really need and would benefit from some sort of software or system that can centralize everything. And this is where palatia comes in. Some people would say it's up and coming. Some people don't really see the point of this and why it's such a big deal. But clearly a lot of millennials are investing in it. And in
0: a average millennials investing portfolio, it makes up 2.8%. They sound great. I think in terms of the why behind their company. I can see why a lot of millennials are on board. And also, since it's been around and has worked with government agencies, I feel like, do you reckon that makes them look more stable and more trustworthy and reliable? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Like it literally worked with the CIA. I think that gives it, like you said, a sort of sign of this has worked well and it's worked well in the past. And now that it's sort of moving into the public sector and it's moving in to these big corporations, like you'd think that they would love it and that they would want to take it on and that this would just become a standard part of, I guess, the digitalized world that we live in. The seventh biggest holding that a millennial has in their investing portfolio is, I'm kind of annoyed that so many of these are meme stocks, but AMC, surprise, surprise, so little bit of a backtrack to when the whole GameStop thing was happening. AMC was like this other meme stock that was just unnecessarily bumped up quite a lot. To explain what AMC is, AMC is a company in the US where, I mean, it's basically a cinema company to put it short. And it was one of the other stocks that hedge fund investors were trying to bit on the sort of decline of because cinemas were declining and so it was kind of a huge pump up in a lot of our investing portfolios and again the same way that I don't believe GameStop really is that high currently in most of our portfolios I feel the same way about AMC because in saying that there are some investors today that would argue against that and say that there's actually a pent-up demand demand for people being able to go back to places like the cinema, being able to go back and watch a movie once COVID kind of, you know, ends, so to speak. And so there are quite a few people still holding on to it. So the eighth biggest stock in a millennials investing portfolio, which might change based on recent news, is Microsoft. Microsoft makes up about 2.5% of the average portfolio. This one absolutely surprised me. Microsoft is not a company that I believe has been loud and proud about changes that they're making or about things that they've done. And so for them to be so high up there is surprising because you don't think about Microsoft as a company that has a lot of growth. It kind of comes across as the stable company. They made the computers, you know, they made Office
0: and they're done. I disagree. What I was surprised about was that it wasn't as high on the list as the others. Like how is GameStop ahead of this? Nah, I know why. We've talked about the reasons why. I think people see Microsoft, as you said, as a stable company, as a reliable company to invest in in terms of growth. I mean, if you work in an office, mostly you're using like the software that we use. We're using Microsoft Teams and Outlook and like the business side of things I feel has taken off especially when everyone moved to virtual work from home we're trying to have like connectivity and what are the apps that we're using what is the software that we're using it is Microsoft so I I I get what you mean in terms of like but respectfully they're in my day-to-day like I'm on my work laptop more than I am on my personal laptop you know you make good
1: points because when I saw this I was like wait let me look into this a little bit more and you're absolutely right. They have pivoted very well from just their average desktop computing software to becoming quite a successful company that has incorporated cloud-based technology. They have done really well in virtual reality headsets, have done well in getting cloud into the U.S. Army. They bet Amazon for a cloud computing contract with the U.S. Defense Department, and so maybe not in the day-to-day lives of, let's say, everyone, but definitely in, like you said, corporate environments and government environments, they are taking off. And so when these industries, I feel like cloud computing, cloud in general, it has a huge space in our future, especially with all this big data, with all this sort of centralization of everything. I think Microsoft did the right thing to pivot, but again, if I had not researched it, I would not have known that. The ninth largest stock in a millennials investing portfolio is Disney, Disney Plus. Disney Plus has literally taken off in ways that when it came out, I'll be honest, I was quite skeptical about. They currently have 86.8 million subscribers and by 2024, they are expecting to more than double that almost quadruple that to 230 million subscribers that is a huge jump in three years they've also got other subscription services coming out and I don't know I wonder how much of this is the future of Disney coming through in terms of like how well it can do and how much of this is to a degree somewhat of a nostalgic, childhood-like view on Disney.
0: Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I the reason I signed up for the free trial is because I wanted to watch That's So Raven, which took up my childhood. You know, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, all those great old-school Disney shows, Lizzie McGuire, make sense. It's all I wanted to do. But I feel like it's another great company like Microsoft. The
1: reason why I find it so surprising is that Disney Plus has about million subscribers. Netflix has over 200 million subscribers and it doesn't make the top 10 list. It just surprises me. But then again, I feel like part of Disney Plus or Disney being sort of higher up is the fact that Netflix has been around for a while as a stock. It wasn't so up and coming and I feel like it's kind of done its big, big, you know, initial movement into the market disney only ipo'd not too long ago and i think there's still a lot of room for it to grow as a stock so the last stock in a millennials investing portfolio if we were looking at the top 10 is none other than the holy grail facebook it makes up on average 1.7 percent of a investing portfolio I don't think you are surprised about this being on the top 10. I don't think I'm surprised about this being on the top 10. I don't think our listeners are surprised about this being on our top 10. But also, a small part of me doesn't actually know why we see Facebook as being a big part of the future. Like, So my younger brother, a little bit about me, he is still in high school. He
0: is a Gen Z. They do not own Facebook. They do not use Facebook listen the only reason I have Facebook is because of messenger like that's how I get in touch with most people to be honest but it's definitely not the app like I could just have the messenger app you know
1: like you know how when we were in high school we would have like a class Facebook group or a class Facebook page and we would or in uni we would have like Facebook to communicate they don't do that Gen Z have believe me trust me they have like Instagram groups for their class. So, in terms of like Facebook being a huge part of the future generations, I don't really see that happening, but they have been making a lot of big moves in other spaces. As a lot of us know, Facebook is also the owner of Instagram, and Facebook has come up with a very, very solid partnership with Shopify recently to incorporate shopping through Facebook and and through Instagram stories. And that is As someone that owns an e-commerce store or a couple of stores, it is huge. It is very exciting. And Facebook is going to make a lot of money through this. So I can kind of see why. And it has a future, but uh, as like, you know, the biggest social media platform, I wouldn't say so. So to summarize the top 10 stocks in the average millennial investing portfolio from number one, we've got at 17.8% Tesla. 9.1% Apple, 5.3% Amazon, 3.7% Neo, 2.3% GameStop, 2.8% Palutir, 2.7% AMC, 2.5% Microsoft, 1.9% Disney, as always, before we go, just a couple of things. If you like what you hear and you want a little bit of more of us in your life, feel free to follow us on Instagram at Girls That Invest. We're also active on our Facebook group, also Girls That Invest. If you have any feedback or you want to share us with your friends. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share us on your Instagram story. It really helps us just spread our message to as many people as possible. Dodo.
0: And I will finish up with a disclaimer.